Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, and today we're doing something a little different. We're talking about some romantic comedies, actually. <laughs> right, John? Yes, exactly. And so we wanted to try something a little bit different, just so that we're not consistently with horror all the time. And so we went to some romantic comedies that we both really like. Um, we went with uh, When Harry Met Sally, which is one of my favorite romantic comedies, um, which Mitch had not seen up until what last night not last night <laughs> <laughs> i and i'm really like i kind of kicking myself a little bit about it because it's a really good movie yeah fucking i mean it has billy crystal yeah i the thing is i like that might be the first movie of his i've actually watched. what yeah, well okay have you seen the princess bride oh yeah i have seen that one yeah he's oh old. wait wait he's wait. the old dude he's oh when the they mostly go, dead guy they no they no. go they go and visit the old couple yeah, he's the guy who's like, he's not all dead. He's mostly dead. Yeah, like oh, that yeah. guy. Okay, gotcha. Yes, That's yeah, Billy Crystal. Exactly. You know, it, the makeup really changes him. Yeah, like, they've totally. made him look really old. Yeah, they really, way. yeah. So I wouldn't, we wouldn't even know. The voice is what gives it away the most. Right. For me. So cool. I do know this Billy Crystal. <laughs> then. I do. <laughs> right. Well, everybody knows knows us. I'm Jonathan. I'm one of Mitch. the One of the main co-hosts. I'm with Mitch, as always. I think you've been on the last, like, what, four? I think. Have you like, been on every, have you been all of them? All of them except for the first one. That's right. I did yep. the first. I did the first one with one of my other buddies. But we've been do- we've been doing really well with coming back and talking about these. And then last mm-hmm. night we were trying to figure out if we wanted to go with the original plan. But then I was like, let's try let's try something different because mm-hmm. we can do we can do it. I mean, this just sounds films. like a fun like a fun break for me anyway. From the you know <laughs> from the monotony of you know horror can be really um can be really like end on a down note a lot of the times and whatnot. And sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of brightness. Unless you go into like the like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Yeah, exactly. Where it's, like where it's, where it's more fun and slapsticky and yeah. goofy and that's always great. You know, you can always enjoy I'm those like parts. I'm like itching to do Krampus and like Jack Frost and all that. Oh but yeah, like, Christmas, a Christmas episode. The, would be the Christmas awesome. one, we're definitely gonna do a Christmas horror episode where we do a horror comedy. Dude, we should do like a Thanksgiving one. <laughs> like Yo, one Thanksgiving well, horror movie, the garbage ones that are bad. What's around Thanksgiving? That's like a horror film. I don't. I don't. I don't know if there's any... like Turkey Day or something where like the turkey murders the family or some nonsense. Like, I'm so down. Let's rock. Did you ever see... um, So, in between, I think it was the Grindhouse feature from Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. He had, like, the fake trailers in between them. And one of them was a murder on Thanksgiving. Oh, what? That, like, they never made. But (laughs) but one of the movies they did make was Machete. Well, they yep. made that one into a real movie because people loved the idea yeah, so yeah, much. Machete is awesome too. Yeah, fun. it's so bad, but it's like it's yeah. so much fun. But to it's, watch. that's the point. Though. Yeah, it's not supposed he to. He knew be what good. he was doing. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully they'll do something in regards to like the Thanksgiving like killer. Mm-hmm. It'd be hilarious if it was like the turkey coming to life. Then yeah. it's just like what is it? Zom the zombie beavers movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these like zombie beavers. Yeah. There's always some wild concepts. I want to know what the pitching room is like for these, like when they go in and they're like, okay, I want to make a movie, a horror movie. And they're like, okay, give us the idea. And then somebody literally sat at a fucking table and was like, zombie beavers. (laughs) Yes, fuck yeah. Yeah, This script sounds marketable. (laughs) And just let it go. And let's rock. Let's see what, maybe this is something the world didn't know they were ready for. Right. Yeah. (laughs) What was the uh, the other movie we were gonna um, talk about today? Also, that we watched was uh, was Chasing Amy. Yes, one of my favorites. Um, so, how did you come across Chasing Amy? Like, why did you want to talk about this one? Um, I what I loved Clerks. Okay, 
at yeah. first. So Clerks is like one of like another one of my favorite like comedy movies, definitely. And um, it was uh, it's written directed by Kevin Smith. A lot of people know who he is. He's that that stoner director yep. kind of guy who has all of that like toilet humor and his stuff all the time <laughs> and whatnot. And which is fine. You know, I love that stuff. I love I love really crass like '90s humor like that sometimes. Um, and so uh, was this, this movie the... I heard about though was it was related. It was one of yeah. his other ones. And it was, it was like, I remember it being, I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch Chase Game. Maybe it'll be really funny. And I don't think I understood some of the jokes and stuff when I first saw it either. Oh, okay. And, and whatnot. So I, some of it I didn't get. Some of it I thought was really funny. And I had like a really like strange opinion on the movie and whatnot. And I think that my, my views on it have changed the more I've observed film and the more that I've just like more movies and being more critical about them. Right. He, he added in a lot of a lot of extra layers into the movie that weren't originally like unpacked for a lot of people just because they knew who he was and they expected a certain kind of humor and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really look at anything else in it, but he handles a lot of stuff in that movie in regards to like relationships, like relationships with your friends, relationships as far as like your sexuality being different. And so like, what's, what's the premise of that movie? Like what happens? Um, in, in the, in chasing Amy, it starts off with Holden and Banky. Yeah, Holden and Banky, they're both comic book writers. Uh, it's uh, I, I I think it's Jason Lee and uh, Ben Affleck that are the that are the main characters for that one. And then they yeah. meet, I, I'm trying to remember the character Alyssa's name because she's important. Um, but basically, these two comic book writers um, they meet this girl named Alyssa uh, Holden, Ben Affleck's character. Really interested in her because she's pretty she's she's pretty interesting as a person. Like when you like when they yeah. first meet her, she's pretty like she's witty. She's got you know she's fun. She seems like a. She's fun also person. another comic artist. Yeah, so like, oh, there's still also, in the same world. Yep. So there's still yeah exactly they have that relationship immediately, uh, and so they agree to go to a bar and whatnot. And uh, basically, he finds out that Alyssa is into women, is uh, is is a lesbian for the purposes of his knowledge at that point in the movie. Right. He kind of like assumes after mm-hmm. like hearing certain bits about her personality and what mm-hmm. she tells him to. So he's like, Oh, she's like, she's a lesbian and then doesn't know how to respond for a second, yeah. but he's still super interested. Yeah. He's, uh, he's uh, uh, Holden's character is uh, the super vanilla. He's a very, very vanilla like <laughs> individual. Like he's super conservative in his ideas of what relationships are and how they should be. And he's very like unexperienced in that, in that realm, which is where a lot of his insecurities come into play later in the movie when yeah. his relationship with Alyssa like actually flourishes a little bit and then he learns about her past so it's basically like him falling in love with her they have this like kind of like strange relationship but they eventually come together learn that she essentially abandoned men at one point because she had very bad experiences with them yeah. and so she left that and then decided like oh maybe maybe women will be a better place for me maybe <laughs> that's a better place for me because I don't because she's she's bisexual yeah. So it doesn't. So to her, it's not. It's it's a matter of finding that person that suits her life rather than finding what she believes that um that people exist in a singular bubble instead of separated. So that she should find a person that compliments her, not a man that compliments her, or specifically <laughs> a woman that compliments her. Right. It should be a person that compliments her, and that's her philosophy. Holden doesn't fucking understand that. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's, and he's pushy. Yeah. He's immature. He's super immature. And that, and like the whole movie, like focuses on like his immaturity and his inability to deal with that. And there's the scene where um, Kevin Smith's Silent Bob character explains the Chasing Amy story, where he basically couldn't um, understand why she had like all these sexual experiences in her past, but she's you know different now, and he couldn't like 
he couldn't felt that he couldn't match up with her past. And it's yeah. weird. Some people might not be able to connect with this message. And I don't think I fully connect with it either, but I think it's an interesting study. And I've known people who have had those, those types of thoughts and how they like view things like that. So like, not- so, so he pretty much, he is, he assumes or because of what she's told him at that point that he's like the first person to have sex with her. Right. Yeah, he he he, oh, he also does believe yeah that he's like the first man he's she's like, ever with. Yeah. He like won her over somehow, yeah, or some nonsense. And then he hears about her past and how she was quite promiscuous. I suppose is the word. I guess you would say. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. She just she slept with a lot of people. Well, is really the whole like, deal. And his like friend like kind of discovers some information about yeah. her where she had like um, she's called finger cuffs. That's the that's the that's the, uh, <laughs> the super... her nickname that she was given after. I think yeah. she had a threesome and mm-hmm. then she had she had multiple sex partners. So yeah. he was like upset about that afterwards and then tries to get her to like confess it. Mm-hmm. But then she sort of explains it's like a really like teary eyed moment. It's where a really, explains. really sad moment. because yeah. She's trying to say like, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not into that anymore. I'm a different person. I, I, I love you because of who you are are and this all of this is inconsequential to our relationship and he just cannot fucking let it go she did a lot though in that moment it was weird i think mm-hmm. that was where i was watching it and then i was feeling a little odd about it because she was do putting in so much work to make sure that their relationship worked mm-hmm. and that like he was cool with what had happened before but it also was like it was a lot of commentary about how people feel in relationships in regards to like what what did like your exes do like with you and like you want to be better than them essentially. And mm-hmm. so he, he wanted to be like, like you mentioned earlier, he wanted to be the best person. He like won her over in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then, cause she, he thinks she's like super cool. So he was like, yeah, I got like, we're together. And then, and then this throws a whole like wrench in his plan. Yeah. Once he hears, kind of once he hears up, about yeah. that. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think that his intentions are malicious. No, I feel like it's a lot of ignorance and immaturity <laughs> from the character. Yeah. And, that, and a lot of that is shown in the movie later where he like, you know, he makes the little comic apology to her at the end where he basically just says, like, I still have a lot to learn. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically it. Like, and, um, and it also plays his maturity. He freaks out in the end because there's the really odd scene that a lot of people in the movie don't seem to get, which is at the very end where he offers to have a three-way with his best friend, Annalisa. Yeah. In order to match up with her. And that's literally him breaking down and going into chaotic control, <laughs> fix everything mode. And it's, it's sort of like his Hail Mary it's basically what it is and it like that it just blows up in his face though yeah she she's slaps like, him walks out says i'm yeah. not your whore his friend's like you're fucking weird i'm leaving now. <laughs> like, I'm <not>. right <laughs> and i'm you know and you honestly feel really you know you kind of feel bad for for holden and banky's relationship in the end there too because their friendship crumbles because of this as well yeah because they're so close yeah exactly and they are really close you know despite the fact that you know they're they're also like very like very different people also right um well but, i mean for like a brief moment Alyssa and Holden become really good friends. Like they get close and like mm-hmm. make an actual connection. Mm-hmm. And then I think trying to navigate what that meant to both of them is where things kind of fell apart. Cause mm-hmm. he sort of, I think wanted more from her and like wanted specifically to be like in a romantic, like sexual uh, yeah. relationship, with which her. is what she wanted to. They yeah. both wanted that. And it's just that, but the thing is he just doesn't feel like he's adequate or that he's on yeah. her level sort of deal. And so, because he's never had those experiences and he can't imagine why she would do that to herself and subject herself that way <laughs> oh, because it's like, now she's like, how could I love the person who would do this to themselves in the past? Cause now they're not, totally this like you know <laughs> uh, i think uh Ho- hooper x makes a really good point about it the character um in the movie makes a good point about it where he says basically like you know every man believes that that there's like that they've everything they've done with a woman is the first time they've ever done it with right. them and there's nothing like you know what i mean just face it there's nothing new under the sun 
everything that you think you've done has already been done there before. Yep. <laughs> sort of deal. And so, you know, and he doesn't even learn it then. He doesn't learn lessons. Sometimes you need to be punished before you learn the lesson. I mean, I did like how they ended it. It wasn't like a nice, happy uh, fairy tale ending. Mm-hmm. They do not end up together. Um, she she ends up with her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you she doesn't even, it. I don't think she's even, they don't even imply she's with anyone. She just lives Only her up, life. Well, I mean, him. like sort of at the end, oh. like the, like she walks up to her and is just like, who are you chatting with? And then he, she's like, oh, you know, just like somebody I used to know. And then they're like, but like we know, like yeah. it's a dramatic mm-hmm. irony. Like we, we know I exactly mean, who he is. Yeah, uh, when something else that also explored a little bit on the realms of like sexuality and things like that is when she tells her whole, like her, her gal pal group that she's like, you know, doing like drinking their wine and hanging <laughs> out and doing their like, I can't remember. I think they're doing like, like, co- like letters and stuff, but they're doing, they're doing, they're doing some, like they're doing some yeah. project. I don't remember what it is exactly. But, um, and she says that. Oh yeah, you know, you know, they're like, "Who you've been shacking up with?" Yeah, what, is, <laughs> what, what, what dike you getting down with? You know, that's what they're saying because oh, she's right. been seeing someone, but she oh, she plays the pronoun game. She's like, "Oh, them, they." I'm hanging out with them. I'm hanging out with them. Yeah. And they're just like, "Why are you doing that?" And she's like, "Well, his her, his name's Holden." And when she admits yeah. to them that she's dating a man, they all turn on her, kind of. Yeah, that's interesting that they decided to and, do that. And that was and that was an interesting an interesting bit to like and it kind of like speaks to like the thing that sometimes even like the group you hold close isn't going to always approve of what you do despite. You know what I mean? The fact yeah. that there's always that people are always there's always going to be those outliers judging your relationships. Uh I mean, it it is a good thing that they showed part of that mm-hmm. where it's like of you're going to have a moment with any of your close friends where like, they're not going to agree with something that Mm -hmm. you've, you've done or that you're doing. And then they're going to, how they handle that situation usually is pretty reflective of like what kind of relationship you've established with Mm -hmm. them. In their case, I don't think they were like super mean, but they were like, uh, but you like told us that you decided that you weren't going to see men anymore. And so they were like kind of confused. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, why are you? Yeah. And then like, but one of her friends like pours the wine and says, another one bites the dust. As oh. if, like, as if she like, yeah. as if she like somehow is no longer part of their clique now because she's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, it, and it, even then that's kind of an immaturity thing on their part too. Yeah. That kind of shows that they're kind of a little bit judgy and kind of like messed up. You know what I mean? Like, why would you expect that? But I mean, at the same time, they're not totally mean. She does end up hanging out with them again. Yeah. So it's not like they like di- uh, abandon her right but they he gets a couple judgy stares and i can just imagine <laughs> that that's kind of like that must really suck for uh, that character anyway do you think they uh, do you think the writer spent a good t- a good amount of time talking about like male relationships like guy best friends basically I, I feel like a lot of kevin smith's movies in general deal with different types of fears oh, okay such as like this one can be like the fear of inadequacy Oh, not gotcha. being enough. Um, yeah. you can look at clerks is the fear of falling behind your, um, your peers. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So mall rats is a mall rats is like, uh, that's a, that's a different one. That's a different, that's a different one. Entirely. You mentioned, uh, well, you mentioned before we started recording that like the, his movies are kind of connected, right? Yeah. So, They're all part of that view askew universe. So what's that? Go ahead. Uh, so a view askew, I think was his production company like earlier on before before yeah. i don't i don't know if he's still he might still do it i'd have to do a little bit more research but basically like clerks small rats chasing amy uh clerks two, uh jersey <laughs> girl i i are all part of like the same universe so okay. they in those movies they reference characters from other movies in them and things yeah, like that they do and chasing amy they reference Kerr. she's like my best friend fucked a dead guy in the bathroom at the quick stop <laughs> like that because <laughs> oh my god yeah at the end of clerks yes yeah, friend fucks the dead guy in the bathroom on accident thinking that it's her boyfriend <laughs> on accident <Yes. 
Holy shit, I forgot about that. Oh my Dude, God. He, it's funny. That was a funny one because the guy walks right. into the store and he's just like, I need a magazine. You know, I want the big, the big titties on them. I need that. And, he like, <laughs> and he's like, here, here you go. Fine. He's right. Like, he's like, you yeah. fucking weirdo. Yeah. And he goes <laughs> in the bathroom and then you never see him again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Holy shit. And the next thing you see is them, him on it is like a stretcher with like a, a body that's clearly erect and just being put onto it. <laughs> Dang, those are weird movies now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah, dude, no, Kevin Smith has just he's wacky Wait, sometimes. So it wasn't wasn't Kevin Smith uh didn't he have some health problems not too long ago? Dude, he's been on like honestly, dude, he's lost a whole bunch of weight, yeah. man. He's been he hasn't he was really fat for a while and dude, he's lost so much yeah, weight. Yeah, I saw that him guy, recently. Yeah, he's like in his interviews and stuff, he looks like he's super healthy. I know he smokes a lot of weed now and um, <laughs> he's got kids and he's doing great. You know what I mean? He's That's like good. he's doing his good. His um he had a whole bunch of uh, things with Jason Muse who plays Jay. Yeah. Uh, is one of his really good friends and Jay actually had if I'm not mistaken, if the history's correct, um Jay had some heroin problems or some drug issues and Kevin Smith actually like if I'm not mistaken like helped fund or helped him through like the rehab process yeah, he and did. whatnot and helped him stay there and keep him in his movies and stuff basically kept him employed and helped him like yeah. literally helped him through it that's legit I mean Kevin Smith's one of those guys who like sold his entire comic collection to make clerks yeah he fuck. sold his whole comic collection to make clerks and it was like only like a $3,000 budget I think it was and, super low yeah it's crazy. Uh, well, even like this movie, Chasing Amy had like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the budget. Yeah, and it made like twelve million. Yeah, that's so. It's ridiculous. like that's a crazy yeah. amount mm-hmm. of money to make back on something. So he was probably sitting on a lot of cash for a good while, and that's how he was able to like make his future productions. Oh, very true. And then like focus on other things that he was doing. So that was cool. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Um. So so for the. For the movie, you mentioned that it was dealing with feelings of inad- inadequacy. So, mm-hmm. like, do you think it touched on anything else? I think it. I mean, I think that's like the the main like the, right. the umbrella scope of thing. it. But I I seriously think that it it touches a little bit on race and how sexuality and race are like combined in like um and how they're viewed. Like the Hooper X character is a gay black man. Yes, he is. He is like as he says it himself. I am a minority of a minority. Nobody's helping my ass. But he's that's like, sort of but he puts on a persona, right? He does put on a persona. That's the interesting yeah. bit too. So I think so. It's like it's like you also kind of wonder like, do, is he truly like you know? But I I, I think that in reality, like um, I don't, I can't. The character is not a, a real person, so I don't really know. But he it is a persona that he puts on the uh, like the uh, the Hooper X persona that he puts on is right. like a it's like a Black Panther like, style. Yeah, yeah. He try, yeah, he's try, yeah he tries to do like the Black Panther thing. He tries to create that image. You know, and I, I would imagine that as a person, he, but he tries to sell like that masculinity. Yeah. That's what he's trying to sell. And so and if he sells that, then he feels people will buy into it more, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and that's, and that's why. So it's part of him having to mask his sexuality and how he actually is as a person to gain some. So it discusses that and it discusses a lot. Yeah. I think, I think it's mostly going to be a sexuality discussion a lot of the time. Right. For the most part. He touches down on the race thing a little bit. On the race subject, it probably wasn't like bit. main thing but, on his. But radar. I feel like Smith would be one of those guys that'd be like, "That's not really my place to make commentary like that," you yeah. know, sort of deal. So instead of he'll just make some funny things and have yeah. Hooper talk about how Star Wars is actually racist and. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, which is super funny. <laughs> it's super funny. Like, and he's not his argument's pretty damn good. Almost. His whole bit there is really really funny. Yeah. Um. Also, side note about that movie, that like, did you notice that, uh. Lando Calrissian at one point wears like Han Solo's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. 
so like so when they're like in, when they're on the ship when they're on the millennium falcon lando walks up to the front and he's wearing han's clothes oh my god that's so and it's funny. so weird because you're like what? wait when did he get these like did he just go into his closet and put them on and it was just really awkward but like they don't they don't reference it at all the only time you ever see something referenced is a joke that family guy does on their version of it where, where brian addresses it directly he's like are you are you wearing Hans clothes? <laughs> and like looks over to him and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I found, you know, they're in the closet <laughs> and it's just so weird. And then I went back and looked at the movie and he totally is. And it was I, like, I'll have to go back. Is it like, which one? This is uh, what empire. Yes. Okay. I'll have to. Yeah. Watch I'll watch it again. Just to like see basically the when he like has remorse over like giving them over and mm-hmm. then like tries to help them and then goes with them on the millennium falcon he's wearing hans yeah it's super funny Su- i don't know why he changes because he has like the coolest clothes so it was like <laughs> he just changes into his clothes it was super weird yeah but oh that's that was a funny side note for that oh yeah no definitely but also his argument's kind of funny too well it's, it's interesting and uh in in some ways like that's pretty true about yeah. like george lucas didn't really i don't think he really thought and wrote in more more people of color for that well, i mean it's like, kind of odd I, I mean yeah i mean and sure sure i mean but then again it's also star wars was what 70s yeah but like you had star trek doing that like yeah no yeah i know i know you got Trek. but i mean but <laughs> we we're talking we're talking different different i don't know what star trek's writer's room was looking was looking like right. for that show because whereas, whereas lucas writer. is soul all yeah. by himself so if you're gonna have an old white dude writing a movie he's gonna go <laughs> what his base experience is is interacting with other white people and yep. having a cast that's for the most part white people <laughs> star trek and broke so many I, records during that oh time yeah no it, it was, totally it did absolutely so no it was it was it was crazy um during that time for sure and i think that's where a lot of that comes from that's where you get a lot of that stuff is because a lot of stuff is written by white people and so you're <laughs> going to get characters that are interpreted as white and then now we're seeing a, sh- a shift where i think where i think um writers are start like a younger generation of writers that are growing up Hell with yeah. a much more diverse society we are more diverse now i would argue so uh, we have a lot more writers. Like I just watched Into the Spider Verse. Hell yeah! Fuck yes, that was... the movie's so good. Oh, so, mm, mm. That was such a good. I want movie. an actual noir Spider Man. Oh fucking an... uh, Jack Nicholson! No, uh, Nicholas Cage. Is that who did the voice for him? For for noir uh, really? Spider Man? Yeah, that Nicholas, Nicholas Cage? Cage. Oh, that's so it's Nicholas funny. Cage. Oh my god! I just remember there's the scene where he puts his hat on the guy and then punches him and puts the hat back on. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that movie so much, though. I loved it. I loved. I loved how. Um. I really liked how diverse the cast was and whatnot, and that was really cool. And the thing is, you didn't even. It didn't even. Like, it's good that there's a diverse cast there for the representation aspect of things. Um. And but the thing is, the characters were so well fleshed out and so well written that it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter. Like yeah. they. Like they're like they were. They could have all just been like like. Uh, just been like outlines of the characters well, and I still would have like, it wasn't it. like uh it wasn't written to be like fan service. Like, they, yeah, exactly. They were like, they, they made it so that it seemed very much like the norm and like, it made sense for where they're living. They're in the Bronx, they're in oh, New York. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like... yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it made, it made absolute sense. So yeah, yeah, no, it was really good. I really, I really appreciated that movie a lot. I just thought the storytelling was great. And, uh, miles is, um, his backstory, like how they how they altered his Spider-Man backstory, was yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. I really liked that. There's like the celebrity Spider-Man that he sees die, and then you're just like, what? And then yeah. like, how is his story gonna play out? And then I'm just like, oh, I did not see the brother being the Prowler. I did right. not see that until it happened, and I'm just yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> like holy shit, right? You know, like audible sh- gas, right? Yeah, no, really. And then you're like, oh, and that's his uncle Ben. Yep. That's how his oh, Uncle Ben shit. dies. That's his Uncle Ben's story. I didn't even think about like, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's freaking his, the fuck out. Yeah, freaking out. I was freaking out. I was a huge fan of uh the revisioning of of Doc Ock. Oh, Jack awesome! David. Yes, yes, absolutely. She's so badass. So in that. fucking cool. Like yeah. really, really smart. Is able to like. She was just on it. She mm-hmm. was hunting him like all the way to the end, like ruthlessly. Like she yeah. was so good at what she was doing. There were no punches pulled. On I don't Doc know why Ock. I didn't expect it to be her. Like, I know I did not expect it to be. I, I was watching have it. the things at first, and, and then just they, they just pop out of nowhere, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is Doc Ock!" And then yeah. I was super stoked on it when I was watching. Oh it. yeah, no, because you don't like, even. Yeah. Know. Oh man, and Scorpion shows up, like all of them. I yep. love all the little alternate Spider-Mans that are really funny and right. It's a very good movie. But anyway, why did you? Yeah. Pick when Harry met Sally. Man, I feel like it's a it's a little bit of a longer story. So so I originally watched. Uh, when Harry met Sally, when I was like 19 or 20, I think. Yeah. I was like 19 or 20. And the girlfriend I had at that time, it was actually her favorite movie. And so she showed me this movie. Um, and I hated uh, romantic comedies up until that point. So I was like, nah, I don't want to watch this dumb movie. Um, but I didn't know much about Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan up until that point. And so we watched it and we watched that movie excessively, like over and over and over again. And then as I watched it more like repeated watches, it became like a really, really good movie. And I was like, okay. And then I got to see like every single frame over and over and over again. So like small, small details that they had in it and every single word. And so I eventually came to really, really like it because it was almost more realistic for like how you might end up meeting people and how you may just, it may not work. Like you'll end up being friends or you may not being friends. Like even their conversation at the beginning where he's like, uh, men can't be friends with women without wanting to have sex with them. is like his main argument. And so she's like, well then I guess we're like never going to be friends. And so like at first when they, when he, when they get the ride together, that's when he, when they decide like, you know what, we're not going to be friends. And then like, they don't see each other for years and it keeps happening that way. But, but then I didn't watch it for, a couple years i didn't i didn't watch it because i was like uh i guess emotionally distressed over it being connected to my ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and then i didn't so i didn't watch it and then i rewatched it again a couple years ago I'm like yeah this is such a good movie and then it turned into something different like it turned into something completely different and then i got super sappy about it and was like this is like the love story that needs to happen like this is it and yeah. so i was watching it and like because at the end they, they do end up together and like it's because of them trying really hard at what they were doing and then i remember watching and getting super emotional over it even watching it recently i like i'll still like cry about it oh (laughs) because it's like oh this is such a good like love story the way it plays out and then i couldn't think of any other people to fit into the roles for for billy crystal's character for meg ryan they fit it so perfectly well meg ryan was like the idol of the time for romantic comedies like she was in so many movies like, she was in, like, Sleepless in Seattle, which was released, like, not that much longer after that, mm-hmm. which is, like, just another, like, heart-wrenching love story where she's, they're, like, trying to figure it out. But what I liked the most about it was um, how they showed that they developed a really strong friendship before they sort of moved forward. Mm-hmm. And, like, they even tried to support each other in dating other people. Yeah. Which is, like, I'm sure that's happened with people where they're like, okay, we're not going to be together. Maybe, like, we can still be oh, friends. Oh, I've, known, I've known tons of times where, I mean, it's happened in my own life where there's been, like, someone in my life who's dating somebody <laughs> else, you know? And I've yeah. always just been, that's cool. I'm just like, yeah, you should go ahead and do that. And then one day I end up being with that person <laughs> somehow you know <laughs> and, and and you know and you don't even it's not something you expect right you know and, it's and you like, already know the person too. yeah and those characters like harry and sally in the movie don't even expect that to happen no they're like at they're like in the middle of the film 
they're pretty set about that they're not going to be together. And so they end up telling each other, like, everything about their dating lives. They have, like, nightly phone calls, which is, like, that's, like, the only way you could talk to people, like, within the time period it was set in because there's, like, no texting. So it was, like, just landlines. You would call somebody. There's no cell phone. So, like, every night they got home, they would call each other up and, like, tell each other about the day or they'd be watching something. Um, And that, like, I think that idea was taken and used in so many other pieces. Like, so many other, like, TV shows and movies where they, like, had that phone call, that nightly phone call. Mm-hmm. And then some of them, I feel like some movies, like, parodied that where they're like, well, what are you doing now? Yeah. What are you doing now? <laughs> and, like, they would keep doing that over and over again. But for them, uh, for the way that it was written, it seemed like it got really uh, personal for them in, like, a platonic friendship, mm-hmm. which was cool to see. Yeah, I know. It's very cool to see that, to see those those things spark because that's where you, I mean... Maybe it, one of the... I've been trying to figure out what is, like, the sole moral of this movie. And part of it, I think, is that, like, openness is what really creates the foundation for a successful relationship. Yeah. Is, like, openness. Really being open with the other person. Um, they also doing. had to, like... They sort of had to go through some changes. Like, the characters go through a lot of development. And I think a, a clever way they did the development was through separating their relationship by years. What I What I saw in the movie was these characters not be the same person they were when the film started. So when it starts, they're like, they're younger. They even like dress them differently and like they have different experiences. And then they even have uh, Harry's character revisit that idea of like, can he actually be friends with her without wanting to have sex with her? And he, and he does, he does become her friend for a good while. But then he realizes after dating other people that the reason why he wanted to be around her so much was because they already developed that close friendship. And then the next, for him, what made sense was that next step into being in a relationship. Hmm. And so for them, but it never matched up. Not until like the very, very end when they like, they, they knew that they wanted to see each other. And then it happens on New Year's, like, like turn of the year. And this is like sort of the turn of their friendship into a romantic relationship. Oh, it's at the turn of the year. Yeah. And it's a turn of the, mm. yeah. So like it was very, mm. it was I never very, connected that. That's very really, broad strokes. Mm, that's of very, that. very paint. That's painted very well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and so very, that's very what I that's it. what they decided to do for that. It was good, and and also this has one of those lines that people may not know where it came from. The line where it's like, "Oh, I'll have what she's having," mm-hmm. which is like people know that line, but they don't know where like it might have come from. And it's because she, uh, he said he knows he'll know when a woman is faking an orgasm. Is he's like, "Oh, I'll know," and so she's like, "Oh, really?" And they're in the middle of a cafe, and she fakes an orgasm in the middle of the cafe. And then when she's done, the lady next to her is like, I'll have what she's having. And it's such a great scene. <laughs> I think uh, I wanted to make one more one more point before yeah. you before you fin- um, about the uh, how they showed the change in characters. It's um it's represented in how they talk. It's represented yeah. in how they dress. And then it's also represented in one particular line where they discuss the movie Casablanca. Oh, and they dang. discuss the end of I Casablanca. I forgot about that. And uh, how I do not remember the characters that they reference, but she changes her opinion. And that, and he points that out to her, and that's a way of showing that her she as a character changes her viewpoint like significantly because she thinks totally different about the other character and her idea of what love is. At first, she's kind of like, "I want security. I want you know to I want security. That's yeah. what I want. I want security, and I don't really care if I like the guy or not." It was sort of, was sort of the uh, was sort of the idea. Right, it was what I was gathering, and then she changes to the other side where I'd rather just have the guy who has a bar and loves me. And so she changes the opinion totally, which which sets her up to be more compatible with with Billy Crystal's with uh, Harry's character. Yeah, 
uh, not like it just it just it just in, like in the uh, interest of the plot it sets it up. Well, they way. both have their own beliefs at the beginning mm-hmm. that they then have to like face and challenge, and then they kind of challenge it with each other, and then they they do eventually decide that. Um, they are going to be together. So in a way, like this is slightly different from the other movie because they don't end up together. Whereas in this one, through all of like their friendship and like not talking to each other, they do end up together. Mm-hmm. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's super melodramatic. Like <laughs> you, they like he runs over to the building where she's at in a party in a New Year's Eve party and like runs up to the top and tells her he has to like tell her that he loves her. And then she, uh, they have a like a brief moment where she's like, no, like it isn't going to work. There's the um. There's an interesting bit of, uh, if we want to talk about melodrama and then we want to compare the two movies and how they do it, because you're doing this is like his big moment where he has his whole speech where he's like, I yes. love you. Right. We should be together. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then so, and then it works, you know, yeah. and that's fine. That's and it, fine. It totally and I works. Think, I think the buildup is done well enough and we've learned about enough. That yeah. It's not as cheesy. You're right. It's like, this was how it's supposed to be, <laughs> you know, uh, whereas in Chasing Amy, there's uh, um, uh, Holden's monologue that he does to her where he confesses his love and it's this long really honest like pretty damn good like you know like profession of his love it's also crazy sounding (laughs) and then at the end he's just like when she gets out of the car she's freaked the fuck out by what he just said and he's just like was it something I said right yeah (laughs) yeah um, but it's like, but even in that moment, but it's totally polar opposite views on like how some how things like that work and whatnot as well. Like definitely taking like the romantic and it's like, cause it's like a, with them, it's like a struggling to fight. They're in both, in both of them, they're struggling, but like in one, it's like they're fighting for each other in the case of chasing Amy, whereas the right. other one, they're like flowing into each other's lives, interacting yeah. and then flowing out and coming back in again. I feel like that happens a lot. And so it was a good representation of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there's. There's like a lot of people who have uh, like originally when they met someone, they were probably friends for a bit and then they didn't talk for a while and then they meet him again and then like they're in a different like place in their life. So they're like, oh, maybe like we can date and then they, maybe they do date and they then they don't. And then people who break up and then come back together after so many years. So it was like that happens like there's a real thing that happens in life. And yeah. so to see it kind of play out and to see it all condensed into the movie as opposed to like having to watch it say over like a show. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think TV shows are what take the longest with these things. Like a good example is like friends, like however long it takes for, um, what's uh, Rachel and Rachel and Ross's character yeah, for them to like, they decide. like break up over and over yeah. again and whatnot. And, and it's, it's also like, kind of like, it's just kind of it's exhausting. <laughs> like after like, Oh man, like, all right. So I'm one of those people that actually likes friends. I'm I one of, I'm fucking one of hate friends. So, I, right. so <laughs> So I'm one of those people that actually likes likes Friends and yeah. likes a few sitcoms. I feel like Friends was like was like the end of a good sitcom era. Like after Friends, uh, sitcoms yes. just were not as good after that. Like they weren't they just weren't on the same level. I don't think. I think they got a lot samier. You got stuff like you know you know How I Met Your Mother is just Friends. I don't. I don't like and and you don't even have to either. like it. It's just, but it, it is. But it's a ripoff of yeah. an old show. That's it. It's and it's just the same. The same crap they're peddling now. And like you know, because it, it used to be when you were an actor, you'd be like, go get in a sitcom. You'll get really big after you do a sitcom right. sort of deal. And now it's not so much of a thing because people don't give a shit what's going on. It's the same character arcs going on over and over again and whatnot for it. And, um, but I actually like, I, the reason why I like friends is because the characters actually develop over the course of the show. That's the one interesting thing about the characters. Actually, their lives actually do change. And as people, they do alter a little bit. Um, which is contrary to other shows where the characters don't really change at all. I would love to go back and talk about sitcoms like cheers. 
where like all of the characters have drastically different um, characters later on in the show and whatnot. And kind of kind of with Frasier too, but that's that's uh, I'm getting off topic now. But yes, well, no, they, I mean they're related because uh, at some point TV shows, movies, especially if they're going to be in like the comedy or romantic uh, comedy section or situational comedy, they almost always have to deal with relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, always, there's always gonna either be with thing. one person or with all of them. And in, in the case of Friends, I think every single one of them gets into a relationship, except for Joey and Phoebe. Um, They're the ones that never have. Well, not with each other. I mean, no, they don't even. Nope. Joey doesn't get with any of the girls that are in the group. Yeah, because he's considered to be like the bachelor. Like he always kind of remains single. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what the deal is. I haven't watched enough of it to know. Ask me questions. I'll answer them. Right. So what's up with uh, Phoebe? Like, is she always remains the Uh, Phoebe has Phoebe has boyfriends. Oh, she she dates like a guy from MIT. So it's just Joey then. It's just Joey. Joey's the only okay. guy that really remains single in like the whole thing. And but even then, it's like he's just kind of like. But but like whereas you know Chandler and Ro- and Chandler and um, Chandler and Ross. Uh, Chandler. And right. <laughs> Funny note: Chandler was originally supposed to be a gay character. Yeah, they changed up his uh, his persona like within yeah. the first few episodes. Yep, which which is funny because a lot of his lines and whatnot seem like a gay character could say some of them sometimes right. and whatnot. So they're they're still in there. I've seen enough it's of that where people are discussing it, where they're like, maybe they just kept some of the undertones for it, but yeah. like it wasn't the right time period to be making. A yeah, gay it's just kind of it's just kind of eh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sort of like I, I with with that type of stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not watching Friends because I want like deep social critic commentary. I'm watching right. Friends for something on in the background. That's fair. I I did really I would love to bring up Cheers though because Cheers has the Sam and Diane, um, the Sam and Diane chemistry which can be sort of similar to our Harry Met Sally situation. Oh okay yeah, yeah. so because so so Sam and Diane are basically like you've got Diane who's this super like well educated individual yeah. comes from like you know it's like a liberal like liberal arts and science and <laughs> poetry and reading and plays and she's just. If Frasier was a woman, you know, like <laughs> Frasier was a woman, <laughs> was That's a woman. there you go. Um, and so, uh, it, and so, you know, she rolls into this bar, gets done. Like the first episode is she rolls into a bar waiting right. for her fiance to come take her as they're going off on a yeah. journey to get married. And then it all fucks up. Yeah. It all falls up, apart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so then she ends up working at Sam's bar. Sam is, you know, ex pitcher. Yep. For the uh, Red Sox, I think was his deal. Yeah, he was one a pitcher of the local Red Sox. Ones, yeah. uh, he was an alcoholic. Yep. And then his deal is that he was drunk and he bought a bar. And, and that's just what made him running stop. it. Well, that's what made him stop drinking also. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he, I think he mentions that, like, he just started hearing about people's lives. Because, like, they would come and tell him yeah. about everything that was going on with them. And then, mm-hmm. like, felt that, like, connection with people and was like, I need to keep doing this. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And then, yeah. like, continues to do that through the mm-hmm. whole show. It's a good show. I yeah. agree. Tr- like, Cheers is super good. It's like, yeah. it's like I love Coach. Coach is one of my favorites. <laughs> he, like, dies after season three. Right. But, like, it, I don't care. He's one of my He has all that really old man humor. And then, you know, um, fucking Andy Warhol is fucking, <laughs> is Woody. Woody, 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 Woody Harrelson. Is in is in the sh- is in Cheers later. He becomes he takes uh he takes some um, uh coach's coach's position <laughs> in that in that one. It's like fuck Andy Warhol. No, <laughs> not, not, not Andy. I don't know why I said Andy I Warhol. Know, I was just it's joking fucking, around because uh, we it's, like it's Woody. It's Woody right. Harrelson. Woody Only Harrelson. because we like dug into him the last. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, what was I? I mean, they're yeah. But at first, they don't like each other. She's just like you're a, a scummy playboy douchebag, yeah. and then he's just like, and you're a stuck up bitch. Like it's basically like their yeah. whole like opinion on well, each other. Well, she even tells him when they get their when they finish their ride, she's like, well, I guess we're not gonna be friends. 
and yeah. then like they separate mm-hmm. and then it, it does a little like a uh, montage and it's like yeah. this many years later yeah it's more i mean i wouldn't say that the stories are exactly there because like sam and diane are very much more closer together in like a more confined right. space they don't get to leave and then come back yeah uh, whereas but their relationship doesn't work out in the no, show either they, they end up splitting um and then that show is one of the coolest finales john i don't know if i've ever talked about it on the podcast before so. yet but the finale for Cheers is like three episodes long. Okay. Uh, and it deals with Sam um, coming to terms with his sex addiction. He's like, I'm a sex addict. This is a problem in my life. I cannot find love. I, I have no purpose. I have an ex- And he's having like an existential crisis. And it's him trying to figure it out. And then at the very end, like, it's like a last scene with him with all the regulars of the bar and him talking to all of them. And then Var- um, <laughs> Norm is the, la- the big fat guy that always shows up leaves right and he's just like you know sam you've been looking for love all around and trying to find what your purpose is and it's been right under your nose the whole time and he looks at it and it's the bar and it's yeah. just like and it's just how the show ends <laughs> right his, his true love is the bar yeah being there for people <laughs> yeah. like being that person that yep. everyone knew was going to be there yeah. like when they're having a bad day yep. they go into the bar and be like bartenders here i want to talk to him yeah exactly it's a fucking it's just it's just a good show it's just good and the whole like all it's just all wholesome and whatnot and (laughs) i can't like every episode there's some badass plays in that show too where like there's like the bar rivalries with the rival bar (laughs) and then there's like there's a pickpocket character that shows up often he always steals things from people and there's this whole like plot line where they're battling this bar and then it like flips where the pickpocket goes over there and offers to um like buy the bar to have it demolished and like basically steal, he basically makes off with the guy's money and has his bar demolished without him getting anything for it. It's super, <laughs> it's super ridiculous. Shit. It's super funny. That's like the last like scene of that pickpocket guy is he like levels the other bar. So what you're saying is it's not the Sopranos. It's not the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> that ended mid fucking sentence. Dude, oh my god, Wait, did the Sopranos end mid? It did, didn't it? It did. I actually, I actually just started. I have a weird. I do not like mob movies. Um, I'm just like I like like the first Godfather is cool. Yeah, but I don't like other like I'm not really a big Goodfellas person or I try I'm trying to do the Sopranos right now because I've heard it's amazing. I'm liking it so far, but it was hard for me to get into it first. Um, it's it is kind of a hard show to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, only because like we're so used to large TV budgets, and the Sopranos didn't have a huge budget, so like their sets are really limited. Mm-hmm. You only get to see like three or four different locations. Um, and then, uh, the main character, he, he becomes really frustrating to like watch on screen because of like how he's trying to deal with going to therapy mm-hmm. while being a mob boss. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but yeah, like that show just fucking, they didn't, they didn't like wrap any loose ends up. Yeah. It was just, wasn't wrapped up very they well. They just fucking ended it and people were pissed. They were yeah. like, what is this? Yeah, like, what is, why would you end it that yeah. way? Like you have this whole, like let get Tony, let Tony get shot or something. Yeah. Like, let something happen. I like, thought he was going to like, just kill his therapist. Like, I I, re- I, I really I've, thought. Yeah, I'm. I, I I don't know. Do you, do you think I should continue watching Sopranos? Do you think it's worth the the like eleven season slog um, for that ending? Um, honestly, no. All right, cool. I'm yeah, drop it I think I think it's not like I'll watch I think better. if you want to watch a good show, like a really good show, if you haven't watched it already, you should watch The Wire. 
I've, I keep hearing that. Yo. I've never seen it. I've heard The Wire is amazing, so, and I just never have watched it. The Wire is like when HBO was really getting their fucking money for making like their special TV shows. Mm-hmm. And The Wire just follows one of the main detectives. His name is Detective McNulty. He's a piece of shit. Like he is, he's <laughs> the so worst. Down. I'm already he, interested. He's the worst detective. Like he, so he doesn't do his job well. He like doesn't care about other people. He's divorced from his wife and is trying to like take care of his kids while being an alcoholic on the police force. And so he's like, he gets thrown into trying to take down one of the main like gang drug lords in the city of Baltimore. Baltimore is already like a dangerous place to be because of like all the drugs that are going on. There's poverty. And um, so what he's dealing with is trying to like get into it. But, but he starts doing really like shady things to get some of the things that he gets out of the criminals where he's like faking paperwork. He's like meeting with some of these people and like cutting deals. He's like essentially a dirty cop is what it turns into and then you like you hate him but then you also kind of don't want him to die like through the whole series so you have this weird relationship with him but like man the acting is crazy good in that like you start caring about these characters so much when you're watching it and the ending is amazing like they had such a good like wrap up for that and it's only like five seasons so like they knew they like they had a good time length for what everything and how everything plays out. Oh yeah, I, I like I, I really like when series is just yeah. They knew what they were doing with that one, so you should definitely watch. Okay, I'll check out the Wire yeah. or the Sopranos if you've got like, you know, a good amount of time. It's also like an HBO thing, so like it's good quality. Yeah, and then you get you'll see a bunch of people you recognize, like uh like you've seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. So the um the captain. Black oh yeah awesome okay, he's gotcha. literally a police captain but for oh, real that's fucking in the cool. wire same voice and everything um yes, yes. <laughs> yeah very serious but what's funny it, is it. his nickname in the wire is bunny <laughs> so, it's so great only other like top officials know Just him is that big big bluff black dude named yeah, bunny it's super funny um like he's in it um you'll recognize mcnulty he is um do you remember do you remember 300 the movie 300 yes do you remember the guy who um he's like one of the other senators who basically tries to like fight the wife in the in the senate i th- it's kind of fucked up yeah, he I... actually ends up like assaulting her in that movie yeah, but, yeah definitely. so that guy that that, that actor dude. okay he is mcnulty mm-hmm. and man like you just love to hate him for most of the for most of the series um but they they explore so many other side characters for it like so his other members of other detectives and they're they're um they're murder police, so they they like try to solve murders in Baltimore, which is almost like super impossible because they have so many murders yeah. coming through. Um, but like one of the main things they discover, and like that becomes a main part of the series, is that uh they're finding dead bodies in abandoned houses, and they don't know who's putting them there, and and they become like obsessed with trying to figure out who is the gang leader that is killing people and just dumping them in these houses. Wow. And so that's like that's like the main overarching thing. They're trying to take down this this drug lord that like know they know of each other, and they keep playing this cat and mouse game all the way through it. So it's like I I haven't enjoyed a show that much in like a good while. It might still be like one of my favorite shows. Damn. Yeah, which awesome. is like crazy good. I think I watched it like really shortly after I watched uh, Breaking Bad. Oh god, that's another good. <laughs> which one was too. another intense adventure, yeah. like going through all of that. Yeah, it's definitely. emotional. Yeah. Did you ever watch um, Better Call Saul? No, I did not actually. You should watch it. Was it actually was it actually good? It's entertaining, and oh, okay. it's it's more like you get more filler and and context like context for other characters in mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. Um, so you get to see how how he becomes that lawyer and is like super dirty, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how he gets to that point and like yep. who he owes money to and things like that. So 
It's a good one. I liked it. But uh, <laughs> getting back to the movies, um, <laughs> like, um, do you think that they should have ended like in a different way, or do you think the ending was appropriate for like, I how think the that relationship? The end, I think out? that the message that both movies were trying to send was well represented by their conclusions. I, I definitely think that that Chasing Amy wrapped up the ending of its movie with with. Guess what? Your boy Holden still got a lot of shit to learn. Yeah. He's not ready for a relationship. That was good though. They like mm-hmm. they definitely acknowledge that like you're not going to know absolutely everything after like a, like one or two relationships. Yep. They're like you're going to have to learn things about yourself and how you interact with people to really get into uh, being in a serious relationship and like being honest and open, which I think they both kind of touched on. Yeah, they definitely both. And then, you know, and I think that um, Harry Met Sally definitely played itself up as like a 12 year long yes. journey of these two people finding like finding love through interaction and finding it through like a commonplace and through like, like, like individual growth on both of their parts right. as well. So that's also that's what make that movie really special and it's ending perfect conclusion for how it's supposed to be. Yeah, they yeah, definitely. They both came out to it and I felt good about I felt good about the endings even if uh um because I'm always like things don't always have to have a super happy ending. No. But also I think that's just me as a writer. I like tragic endings. Yeah, same. Like tragic endings can be good. It just depends on does the story need to end that way. Yeah. Yeah, does the story does the story call for it? Or I mean, usually whenever you're whenever you're writing something, you may already know how it's going to end. You may already know where oh, you want yeah. the story to go. Well, I mean like so like the story I was telling you about uh yesterday mm-hmm. like uh the character is not gonna survive like ah, like gotcha. almost from the beginning i knew like she's gonna she's definitely gonna die and like for me it, it ends up being like how are they gonna sort of get there to that point and like how are you gonna feel about it yep but it's like it almost became distressing to me because like uh, i some other author commented on it but like as soon as you like give a name to the character and you start fleshing out their story and then writing them through and then uh, getting to a sort of end like that it is like a weirdly emotional thing where you're like oh man like this character's gonna die and like i'm gonna be the one to like, kind of set up how that goes and so it was a weird experience to like know for sure that one of the characters is gonna die and just like how it's gonna play out but like i also decided that like they're not gonna have any sort of love interest like the, the whole thing they're not gonna have any love interest um and if they do if i decide i want to have something like that they're gonna like they're gonna end up being friends like really platonic friendship and like they understand that it's not a good moment (laughs) like in the middle of whatever like saga that they're going through so it's like i think i think that's something that these writers definitely acknowledged when they were going through it and they did it really well and so it's like i like the conclusions like that um but yeah shit those these were good movies i'm glad i'm glad we decided to like break away a little bit to do Just, yeah to do a nice little uh i would i would consider this like a special yeah i you know i was thinking like maybe like every 10 episodes or something we'll do, do like a, do like a special non-horror yeah, episode we'll break away and do a non-horror like we can do like other genres that are like yeah like, no absolutely yeah. i mean i just i like film in general so yeah exactly yeah, so film is great um and it's usually like it's one of the i think one of the easier ones at least for me too because cause I'm studying film, so it's like I already take a bunch of classes for it. I'm about well, yeah, to... yeah, absolutely. It was like when film like has a lot to analyze too, and sometimes has a lot to say. And sometimes, you know, to be honest, man, I mean, I like horror. I like the stylisticness of horror, and I like it. But sometimes horror is really short on its themes, uh... themes and having like a point. Sometimes, <laughs> like oh yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Well, it's I mean, ho- sometimes this is why I like what's happening now with horror in regards to like say like Jordan Peele, who's like literally making new 
genres and themes that are connected to horror. Yeah, he's and experimenting. He's totally doing experimental film. And, like, it's crazy to see experimental film, like, happening now. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, a part of your curriculum, like, in a, in a class where you're like, check out this person. They were, like, cutting edge in their time. Yeah, exactly. Doing that stuff. And now we're, like, we're getting to see it. And he's, like, spreading out. Like, he's fucking the host of the, the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing, like, these movies. He wants to do, like, an adaptation of, like, Gargoyles. And then, like, is going to do... Yeah. He's he to do, like, uh, Gargoyles? He wants to do... Uh, when is he doing doing gargoyles probably after he does his next project um fucking gargoyles should be his next project right <laughs> like, yeah like stop it just make gargoyles he's like so what ready. are you doing he's <laughs> mentioned it numerous times no you know what he's working on now hmm. he's making a movie about nazi hunters damn so he's making cool. a movie about um so basically after world war ii when um some of the high-ranking officials escaped and went to like south america and shit like that yep. he's making a movie about the guys who hunted them down that's crazy. And I was awesome. like, yo, that's going to be such that's a good movie cool. for him to do something like that. I was like, yeah. So if you do like a really cool, like dramatized version of it where they're like seeking out like the information and make it all like, oh, it could be, it could be a badass movie. That sounds like it could be really cool. Um, I just watched uh, a short film in one of my classes that talks about one of the high ranking officials that went to South America. I think he went to Argentina mm-hmm. and it's a short film about the, uh, the Israeli agents that went and found him damn and it's so good i i believe it's called the the car is red um which is like their secret code to let they basically sent like a telegraph back to uh israel to let them know that like the mission was a go Mm -hmm. that they had found him (laughs) and then proceed to like kidnap him and sneak him out of the country and bring him back to israel to stand for like crimes against humanity (laughs) like (laughs) legit crimes against humanity is so good super good um uh so before we go and before we like wrap things up, um, I did want to also ask, was there any other romantic comedies that were like on the short list? Like what else have you seen that you like you wanted to maybe talk One, about? Well, I think I mentioned Love Potion number nine. Yeah. Not long ago. <laughs> that's a fun, that's just a fun, goofy a funny ass movie. movie. And it's just, it's just silly, man. And it's just like, and I love how chaotic that movie gets when the, when the love potion gets given to the public. Right. And whatnot. So that, that was one of them that I could think of. And I'm also not really a huge rom-com guy. Like yeah. if it's going to be a romantic comedy, it better be deep or have <laughs> a little bit of depth to it. I can't like, I'm not going to do this. Like when, when Polly met, Polly that Jennifer Aniston oh, whatever that movie was that a long, long came Polly was that was that what it was long came Polly that was really weird is it I don't, I don't know I don't eh. and then, like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know man I it's like it's like some of them are okay and some of them are just kind of dumb and I don't know but like but like Chasing Amy is one I could think of and uh, Love Ocean number nine I had a lot of fun watching to be it's honest a good one mm-hmm. um I almost wanted to do The Princess Bride just Wait a minute. That is that's like an adventure rom rom. Yeah, it's only totally like it's like Wait, it's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why didn't we I just we I should, felt I felt I know, like I it's know, super common. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe like it's people too know common. a lot about it. Yeah. It's got like a huge cult following. Yeah, everyone knows about the Princess Bride. There. Um and so just going through it like once more would be kind of like uh repetitive. I yeah, think. it's too many people already talking um, about it. I know when Harry met Sally, like it was popular in its time, but now enough years have passed where people probably don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. Um even like telling you about it, you didn't yeah, you haven't like, seen it yet. So. I heard the name, yeah. but I'd never watched the movie. Right. So but yeah, it was very good. I was very uh very happy to have actually seen that movie. Um the other one I was really thinking of, which was like it's kind of pushing the boundaries and like lines of what you would consider like romantic kind of like so it's not a comedy but it is like a very romantic story and it was cloud atlas oh wow cloud atlas is 
because because of like the continuous love story that they have in multiple lives throughout the this the series and just how well done the acting mm. was for like one actor to play like five different characters yeah and no, they all did it the whole yeah. cast did it and they did it really well like to see all of them play these characters was nuts yeah no cloud atlas is a, is a very 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 interesting movie I, I we it was one of our it was one of our watches in my dystopian my dystopian literature class dystopian yeah well, yeah it was you know what dystop- it is yeah it's yeah a there's a lot of world. there's a lot of dystopian elements yeah. in that movie like pretty much like all of the paths they go to have a little bit of dystopia in them yeah kinda. so it's like but it's like it's kind of loose though I would say it's kind of loose in that genre it could be like sci-fi and then it's got the love story too right um uh my favorite part of that movie being a caregiver. Is that um, there's the entire like scene with all the old people that like bust yeah, out of the, that was that great. bust out and go to the bar and I really just want to cut I want to take that movie and then cut out all those parts and then just make one short film that's just that <laughs> and have them all go you to the you should write it you should write I know right just you should write, write a story about like people in a in, <laughs> old in a home that, where they that, they need that, some assistance that that bust that that plan a breakout yeah that's funny it's <laughs> yeah, a good it concept would be, it would be funny yeah definitely um yeah they can just like they can go to some place go to a bar go to a club mm-hmm. these go- old people that just that just li- that get out to live one last day yep <laughs> it sounds like such a cheesy comedy but it's oh like totally a- but Dude. you could get like a bunch of like old actors from back in the day to just play yeah. themselves in retirement homes exactly it'd <laughs> be great I mean, like, I'm writing, I'm writing a story about a dude who steals his dog back from his, from his ex-boyfriend, <laughs> <laughs> like his little chihuahua. Yeah, that's the story I'm writing right now. It's hilarious. Like, they break up, the dog stays with, with, with him, and then, like, he's, like, one night is drinking with his friends. He's like, fuck, I'm going to go steal my dog back. Oh, you sent me this script. Yeah, that I was sent you the first draft oh, that's, of it. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, the first, okay, gotcha. And he's trying to, and he steals the dog, but he wants to throw the rock through the window. And There's so much stuff. <laughs> I'm totally going to, like, yeah, I'm going to rewrite it so that there's more time spent in the house and everything. Yeah. But it'll be funny. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Um, So just, like, a reminder to everybody that we're super easy to find. You can find us on all of the streaming sites, so, like, the main ones, so, like, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio as of like a couple weeks ago, so that was cool. Um, and then, of course, we have the Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, things like that, where you can message us, ideas, interact with us. We're always uh, logged in on it, so we can respond whenever we want to uh, engage in some conversation. Um, and thanks for coming out to talk to me tonight, Mitch. I hope everyone has a good night. Have a good night.